Welcome to Real Life. Hi, I'm Jim Miller, and you're listening to the Real Life LA podcast, coming to you from the Southern California foothills town of Glendora, California. We're a church for everyone, and we exist to lead lost people to Jesus, building a community of grace with a God-sized vision that reaches from generation to generation. As you hear today's message, we pray that God speaks specifically to you, opens your heart, and shows you how to live each day with more joy, beauty, and wonder. Hi, Real Life Church. It's Pastor Jim. It's good to be with you again. We are worshiping in new ways now as the world starts to open up. We're worshiping both in our building and online. Both are great ways to gather. So if you are worshiping at home, God bless you. That's a great way to be with us. I'm glad we can worship together in this way. If you are gathered with your small group in your living room or out on your back porch, great. It's good to be able to worship with you in that way. And if you're planning on being here on any given Sunday, great. It's good to worship with you in any way that we can. God is powerful and moving in the world no matter where we are. And so we thank God. We welcome Jesus into our lives. We welcome Jesus into our homes and into our church building and everywhere else. Uh, And we're thankful that he gives us the freedom and empowerment to worship where we are. I want to say a special thank you again. And I know we've said it before, but we probably can't say it enough. Thanks to all of you who are out there on the front line, making the world go, helping people out, doing things in need. Thank you for all you who are working in stores or who have gone back to jobs at some, some risk or maybe at some anxiety uh, that you feel. God bless you for doing that. Thanks to all of our medical personnel especially because you are always on the front line. Even when people feel like they're getting back to normal, you know that you're always on the receiving end of people's sicknesses. And so thank you for being there to care for us uh, as we deal with any kind of illness that comes along. Thanks to our police and our fire department and our first responders. Uh, You are in often thankless jobs and people don't say thank you enough. So I want to say thank you again for those of you who are out there serving uh, with good hearts and caring for people in need. Uh, God bless you all. Let's take a minute and pray together and pray that God would move powerfully as we gather around his word. Let's pray. Father, I thank you. I thank you that you move in our world even when it is broken and shaking. You are all the more firm, all the more stable, all the more in control. So God, we give up our control to you. We surrender our need to steer this world and decide where it should go and foresee what's coming. We place it all in your hands, knowing that you know best. Remember us, God. Look at our suffering and our brokenness. Bring healing, bring justice, bring grace. And now may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be pleasing in your sight. Lord, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. I want to start out by asking a question that's on a lot of people's minds these days. A question that I've heard people ask and vote on and answer. And the question is, what is essential? And more specifically, I want to ask, is the church essential? Because certain people have said no. The state of California originally said no. I want to ask, is the church essential by looking at what the church has done in this season? When it was apparent that there was a dangerous virus spreading and we were going on on stay-at-home lockdown, the church immediately kicked into gear. 
we decided that we were going to launch daily videos to share hope and encouragement from the scriptures with people who are in need. I said to the staff, I want to call it homeschool for the soul. And they said, great, what videos are we going to do? And I said, I have no idea. We're making this up as we go along. But we started producing daily content where we, where we talked about the Bible together, where we interviewed mental health professionals, where we talked about uh, financial and professional advice for people whose jobs were in jeopardy because we wanted to inspire and encourage people who were facing hard times. We then encouraged you to take part in our viral blessings challenge. And we said, when you have to go to the grocery store, buy a gift card for the grocery store clerk and the person bagging your groceries. And tell them, thank you and God bless you. And you did that by the dozens. If you have not seen the stories that people have shared with me about going to the grocery store and buying a gift card for the person working at the grocery store, go to reallife.la and check out our blog. There are, there are so many stories there of the impact that you had. You left grocery store clerks in tears. They were so thankful for your appreciation. And you did it in the name of love and you did it in the name of Jesus. You left those beautiful stories behind because of that. We started praying together every day at 6.25 p.m. The words of Matthew chapter 6 verse 25. Do not worry about your life, Jesus says. What you will eat or what you will wear. Because life is worth more than food and the body is worth more than clothes. We prayed that together wherever we were every night. To live in hope and faith and encouragement. I turned to my wife early on in this and said, you know, I think somebody is going to end up living under our roof before this is over. I think we're going to have to take some people in. And sure enough, about a week later, a friend of mine who was a teacher called and said, I have a couple students. Their boarding school is closing. They can't stay here. They can't get tickets back to China, and we don't know where to put them. And I said, come on, we'll take them. And we became Miller, party of six at my house. And we're still party of five, and we love it. You all uh, may have known now that the church began a, a new little ministry called Alphabet Soup, where the staff and the, some board members divided up our, our, our uh, database as best we could. You take the A list, you take the B list, you take the C list, you take the D list. We divided it up by last names and said, call everybody you can. And honestly, we have thousands of names in our database, so I know we couldn't call everybody, but we called hundreds of people. And said, what are your needs? How can we pray for you? What do your neighbors need? What can the church do for you in this season? And because of those calls, whenever somebody said, I'm afraid to go stand in line to get the medications that I need. One of you stepped up and went to the store for that person, picked up their medication and dropped it off on their doorstep. Whenever anybody said, I need groceries, I need help. One of you stepped up and went and bought groceries and provided it for people in need. You were the church. Tell me if you think that was essential. We, we continued to reach out, and as we did so, we shared these stories of hope online, and then, then something happened that kind of caught me off guard. One Sunday early in, it, be, it came to our attention that something like 2,000 people had tuned in on a Sunday morning. We don't have any 2,000 people attending this church. Well, they wouldn't fit in the building if they came. But the stories of hope and encouragement that were coming from you were spreading far and wide. I had friends in Hawaii watching. There were people on the East Coast watching. I know somebody in Seoul, Korea who is watching. I know somebody in the Netherlands who is watching. And I know a pastor who started walking around his house going, guess whose church just went international? But the only people there to hear it were the dogs, and the dogs were not impressed. They just looked at me like, 
<laughs> but then the stories of life impact started to get deeper. One of you reached out to a woman who was in desperate financial need, and you took her groceries, and you helped her get connected to social services. And when you prayed with her, she decided to follow Jesus for the first time. She became a Christian on that day. And all the rest of her life has changed because of that. All the rest of her eternity has changed because of that. Another one of you was talking to a coworker on the phone whose husband was in prison. And he was diagnosed with the virus. And you prayed with her. And in the midst of that prayer, she became a Christian and she decided to follow Jesus. All the rest of her eternity has changed because of that. I got to pray with somebody in line at the pantry who was just waiting to pick up groceries. And he decided to follow Jesus and downloaded the Bible for the first time on his phone that day. On top of that, Stories of healings have started to multiply at our church. Stories of miraculous healings through prayer. As Jesus has reached out and touched people's hurting bodies have started to multiply. I had never seen this before on a Zoom call. It's, it's kind of funny and amazing to see 12 different faces, all of, look, all of which look stunned. The person getting healed looks stunned and everybody praying for them looks stunned. But those have started to happen with greater frequency. You all have been the church. Tell me if you think that is essential. This last Thursday, we fired up the baptismal font again, and we baptized one of our teenagers, Allie. And Allie has decided to follow Jesus. And when somebody decides to follow Jesus and is baptized, what they do is they reject sin and evil and its power in their life, and they turn to Jesus, and they turn to love, and they turn to goodness. All the rest of their their lives are going to be changed because of that. And honestly, all the world is changed every time someone does that. The Bible says the angels throw a party in heaven every, every time someone makes that decision. Earth and heaven are changed when people believe. Of course the church is essential. And the church is never closed because you are the church. In this season of lockdown and anxiety, God has been on the move. And you have shown me that God is on the move through you. So I hope that we now take responsibility for our job of being the church, for our role as the church. I hope we take seriously what Jesus is doing in us and through us and what Jesus calls us to. I especially want to make sure that we don't miss two very important spiritual lessons that the church is uniquely called to recognize in this season. There are two very important spiritual truths that have come out during this this homestay period, and you won't see it anywhere else. Only the church is called to recognize this and point this out to the world. You will not see it in your late night news pundits. You will not see it bandied about on social media. You will not find a meme about this. There are two things that God has revealed to the church in this season. Number one, when all this began, the world decided, let's throw money at science and that will fix it. And when we did that, we showed the world what our idols are. We showed the world what we worship most. All of us did it as a species. We said, let's throw our productivity at our know-how. And that is self-worship. That is idolatry. We mixed a little idle cocktail and drank it with the two ingredients, science and money. Now, science is a great tool, 
Science is a great tool. I'm so thankful for the scientists among us making great research and advancing technology and knowledge and medical care. But realize, science is a tool and only a tool. It's slow. It's speculative. It cannot dictate public policy because science cannot dictate ethics. It sometimes changes its mind over time. And it can be manipulated by money and power. Science is a great tool, but it's a lousy God. Don't make gods out of science and money. We showed the world when all this began the greatest idols that we worship. Don't miss that spiritual truth. And secondly, and perhaps a bit more darkly, realize what we as a species have revealed about ourselves. Underneath the thin veneer of productive society, we have shown that there is a seething anger that we hold towards one another. A callous insensitivity to the suffering of others. A deep disrespect for one another. And a lack of concern about the impact that racism has had on us throughout the history of the world. We blame each other. We've created a cancel culture. We move immediately to insult one another rather than listening to one another. We aren't humble and we don't practice grace. To reject all that is to reject the explicit teachings of the Bible in the book of Romans where it talks about the fallenness of humanity. All of us have fallen short of God's plans for us. None of us are good, it says. Not one of us. Don't miss the spiritual truths that the church is uniquely called to recognize and proclaim in this season. I'm afraid we still may be missing the spiritual truths that God wants us to see. God wants us to repent of our idolatry and our selfishness. Wants, to wants us to repent of our lack of love for one another and turn back to him. The scriptures say when locusts devour the land the way it's, they're doing in Africa and the Middle East right now, when disease spread, if my people will repent and turn back to me, I will heal their land, the scriptures say. If we would all turn ourselves back to God right now and repent, the virus would die. God wants us to recognize that we have turned to idols and he is calling us back to himself while there is still time. Because life is short and life is fragile. You are not guaranteed a long life, nor, you are, nor are you guaranteed a stable life. Better figure out what life is all about before you end up standing in front of your creator. Because what Jesus wants, to, wants us to see more than anything else in this season is how much he loves us, how much he cherishes us, how much he wants to spend every single day with us, how much he wants to empower us to love other people in his name, how much he wants to empower us to heal other people by the Spirit, how much he wants to transcend boundaries of race and geography to unify us in one voice, singing the praises of our God. That's what God wants more than anything else in this day. Do not miss this. And don't miss your calling to be the church and proclaim those truths. You are essential. I'm so thankful for the way I've seen you all handle change and manage change and survive change, honestly. Uh, you've been through all kinds of changes that nobody had a playbook for. Nobody, nobody saw this coming 
uh, in the way that it's unfolded in front of us. Uh, we've all been shocked by this, and you've handled change so well. And I know, I know you're angry, and I know you're frustrated, and I know you're frazzled around the edges. Uh, I know how hard it's been, but you have handled this so well. I'm so thankful for watching this church handle change. When, when we went to video, uh, you all joined in. When we called out for help, uh, you all lined up to do ministry. Uh, for every person who said, I need medicine, I need groceries, we had a line 15 people deep of volunteers waiting to help. We had more volunteers than we knew what to do with. I'm sorry if you volunteered and we never threw you anything. We had, we had more volunteers than there was need. Uh, when, uh, when we regather together again as a church, the church will come back in force. And you have survived and managed all that change well. God bless you and thank you for that. Realize you join a story of God's people from throughout history. When you say we're going to build a kingdom that is essential, it is essential that God's name be known. It is essential that God's kingdom spread. And we're willing to go through all kinds of change to bring it about. You join the story of God's people that spread through the scriptures. I want to read a, a passage that comes from the, the story of God's people in the book of Exodus. Back when they had been in slavery in Egypt. And God, God set them free and called them to move into a, a land that would be their, their own, their promised land, their own nation. And they had to go through tremendous change, through decades to get there. But they knew they were building a kingdom that was essential. They knew they were doing the work of God. And because of that, they managed all kinds of change. Open with me, if you would, in your Bibles to Exodus chapter 14. And I'm going to pick up with the story right when God's people are running away from Egypt, fleeing out into the desert. Pharaoh and his armies are chasing them down, trying to get them back or just wipe them out. And up ahead is the Red Sea standing in their way, an obstacle they can't imagine how they're going to get past. And it's at this point that they, they see God's hand at work. Exodus chapter 14 at verse 10, listen to the word of God. As Pharaoh approached, the Israelites looked up, and there were Egyptians marching after them. They were terrified and cried out to the Lord. They said to Moses, Was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us out in the desert to die? What have you done by bringing us out of Egypt? Didn't we say to you in Egypt, Leave us alone! Let us serve the Egyptians! It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than die in the desert. Moses answered the people, Do not be afraid. Stand firm, and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today, will never, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You need only be still. Then the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to move on. Raise your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea to divide the water." So that the Israelites can go through the sea on dry ground. The Lord will fight for you. You need only be still. They went out in the desert and wandered for 40 years. And in that season they turned around to Moses and said, What would you bring us out of Egypt for? The barbecues were better in Egypt than out here. What did you do that for? They couldn't foresee how long they were going to have to wander in the desert. But they found out that their God could part the ocean and make bread fall out of the sky when they needed it. 
They couldn't foresee that at the other end of their long trek, there would be a giant walled city called Jericho guarding their land against them. But they found out that God has the power to bring down all kinds of walls in our lives. They couldn't foresee that there would be people as tall as giants in the land. But they found out that God rewards confident faith. They couldn't foresee that their their dream of having a little nation, their dream of having a little country of their own, would one day pass and that a Messiah named Jesus would come to institute a kingdom that would stretch to the ends of the earth across boundaries of race and geography. They couldn't foresee all of what God was going to do, but they found out how good God is. And that's what happens when you take part in building the kingdom of God, when you take part in that essential work, you find out how good God is. You found that out as a church before. Honestly, you were as prepared for massive change as any church out there. When we moved into a school almost four years ago now, we couldn't foresee that it would work. But we found out God does all kinds of supernatural things in strange places. We couldn't foresee what would happen when that period came to an end and we needed a building. But we found out that God can just make it appear when you ask for it. Literally the day after I wrote down a prayer, Jesus help us find a building. We drove up in front of this one the next day. We couldn't foresee that one day a homestay order would lock us down and force the church to do things in all kinds of different ways. But we found out that none of that stopped God from being active. In this season, people have come to believe in Jesus. People have carried out the love of Jesus to a world in need. And people are still lining up to be baptized. When the world is a mess, God is still in control. When you cannot foresee the future, God has not forgotten you. You're going to find out how God is at exactly the time that you think you're not in control anymore. So when we gather together again as a church, when we reunite, when we're in person face to face again, don't forget what God did in the desert. Don't forget that when you cannot foresee where your next meal is coming from, God can make bread fall from the sky. Don't forget That you are more valuable than the sparrows in the air or the grass in the field. And God clothes them with the splendor of King Solomon. Don't forget that our God is good. Don't forget that greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world. Don't forget how we found out that when the world is overwhelming, our God has overcome the world. Don't forget in this season how deeply we are learning that God listens to the broken, the outcast, the rejected. Don't forget, God wants his kingdom to spread in you and through you. And if you've never come to that moment before, do it right now. If you've never come to that place where you've said, Jesus, I want to be a part of your kingdom and I want your kingdom to be a part of me. Turn to Jesus right now in your heart and say, Jesus, come into my life. Wash away the old and the bad and the broken. Heal me and make me new. Call me into ministry in love, in Jesus' name. Invite him in today because the day will come where the veil is peeled back and we stand in front of him and you want to be ready for that day. Don't forget 
that even in seasons like this, God's Spirit is still on the move. He's on the move in you and through you. Because you are the church. Your calling is sacred and your voice is essential. God bless you. Be the church. Let's pray. Father, I thank you that because you made us, your goodness is within us. I thank you that because, Jesus, you went to the cross and died for us, sin and brokenness can be taken out of us. I thank you that the Holy Spirit can fill empty hearts and make us new. You can empower us to love and to heal in Jesus' name. Do so in our lives for your glory. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. Now, will you help us welcome others to real life? Share our podcast or find us on Instagram or Facebook at Real Life LA. If you'd like to become a supporter, please visit reallife.la and tap give to help us welcome everyone to real life. God bless and have a wonderful day.